This is Beth. Welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Randy, and I will be talking about my Christmas in 1972. This is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about gag gifting. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about Christmas tree skirts and their history. That's right. We're fully into the Christmas season now. Does anyone have any holiday happenings for the week? Well, my mom came to visit. She did. She did. She's still here. She's still she, here. Wait, where is she? We got to pick her up and bring her home with us, and she's spending Thanksgiving. She, We got to have her here last year, too, so that's a lot of fun. Yeah, we're recording this the weekend before Thanksgiving. That's right. We uh, kicked off our fun time together. Mom and I love White Christmas, along with Sydney. And our friend Holly. And the rest of us, too. And we everyone else. And the rest. <laughs> we all love White Christmas. So we watched that today. That was a lot of fun. The movie White Christmas. The movie White Christmas with Bing Crosby, Danny Kay, Vera Ellen, and... Rosemary. Rosemary Clooney. Clooney. That's right. That's very fun. All amazing. But you're not big fans of Black Christmas, the first Christmas-based horror movie. No, no. we are not. No, which they are remaking this year. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah I still won't be watching it. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. We also went all together and saw Frozen 2 yesterday. So I have some statistics for Frozen 2 from this weekend already, even though the weekend's not over yet. Yep. So Frozen 2 now has the biggest global debut of any animated film ever. So it has jumped past all the competitors, grossing a worldwide global debut of $350 million, mostly from the international market, where it raked in $223 million. Isn't that crazy? It is. So the bottom line is popular. The world loves Frozen. Yeah. Frozen 2. Who knew that people loved Frozen? Yeah. I enjoyed Frozen 2. What did you guys think of it? I really liked it a lot. I yeah. thought it was really cute. I came into it without any kind of expectation or anything like that, so I had a good time with it. Yeah. And there were a lot of little girls dressed up, which yep. was really cute. And there were some, actually, adults dressed up, too. And there, there were, were... there were Not as Elsa. Of, uh, no. But as the... As the... What is... What is his nationality? The the Swedish like shop owner. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right, whatever his name is. The um, the like yoo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the movie, a lot of clearly a lot of things that were um, very marketable as far as merchandise goes. Definitely. Um, there was like a little fire spirit that was a little lizard. It's so cute. That was so cute. Um, so coming to stores near you. <laughs> A lot of yeah. seemingly unnecessary outfit changes that... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even think about that. That you could collect all of them. <laughs> That's right. Probably. Your little girl's going to want every one of them. Right. <laughs> For themselves and all their dolls. Yeah, of course. You wouldn't want one... You need all five Elsa dresses. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to complete your collection. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But that was a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, in 1972, I was five years old. That's fun. That is fun. And Christmas was so much fun. So as I mentioned before on previous podcasts, I'm the youngest of six kids, with five of us being boys, being born all in a row. So the last five of us were all boys. So we were ages in 72 of five, eight. So my brothers right above me are twins. So they both were eight, uh, 10, 
and 12, and then my sister would have been 16, I believe, in 1972. So uh, in my house growing up, Christmas was a pretty big deal, and it was a big deal everywhere in our little hometown, which was a suburb of Cleveland. It was a big deal in our schools, in our churches, out in the community, pretty much everywhere. So I want to share with you a little bit today of my view as a five-year-old in 1972, specifically related to gifts. I shared some of my family's traditions when we were growing up in episode 1.8 last year. But in summary, we were definitely Christmassy people, especially thanks to my mom. So as I mentioned, we had six kids in my family and my parents bought presents for, for each other as well as all of us kids. They also bought presents for some of their brothers and sisters, their parents that were still alive, so they had a lot of buying to do. So I'm not sure where the idea sprung up, but they decided the best way to help manage all of this was to ask us kids to make lists of the things that we wanted for Christmas. So I know that that's probably somewhat controversial for some of our listeners. I know Beth has um, had some opinions about that based on her previous thoughts on that. Right. Well, I had struggled when we were first together, and... You said, my, you know, my dad wants a list from you for Christmas. And I thought that sounded really greedy. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, you can't ask. You can't tell people what to buy you. But, but I've since altered my ways and I am a list proponent because it makes life so much easier that to know what it, people it want. It does. And it's interesting because you and I grew up with the list. So it was just normal to both of us. Yeah. And it, it takes out the idea of guessing, right? What I hear... When people say that they don't like Christmas or that they have a lot of angst with Christmas is trying to guess and get gifts for people. And this really helps regulate all of that. Right. And helps lower the stress of all that. Yeah, it does. I really, it's hard to guess what they want. I mean, if you know someone really well, you can, uh, you can come up with something, but not a lot of things. Yeah. Like you could probably like if you know if you have a friend that you've known for a really long time or that you know really well, you can guess something that they would like. And it probably is something that they would like. But it's not necessarily like me for instance, I don't I'm not a huge fan of getting things. I'm a minimalist. I don't like a lot of stuff being around. So, if somebody got me some kind of knickknack that is generally something I would like, I would enjoy it. But I don't have any anywhere to put it. I don't have any use for it. It's just right. kind of going to end up in a closet somewhere. Right. Unless it's something that I had wanted to begin with. When you're buying multiple presents for people. For multiple uh, right, people. Right. It, it really helps. And I think that my parents did a good job of managing things on the list and then giving us some surprises. So they, you know, they knew who we were and they would find random things that they felt that we liked as well. But having grown up this way, I really didn't feel there was anything bad or negative about it. In fact, I kind of was felt it was weird when people didn't make lists because how was I supposed to know what they wanted? Right. <laughs> you know, so that their the gift was what they were looking for kind of along the way. So sometime in November when we were growing up, we would begin to get these gift catalogs in the mail from various stores like Sears, JCPenney's, Macy's, a place called Ward's. My favorite of these was the Sears catalog. So I recently heard of a website called wishbookweb.com that hosts gift catalogs dating from 1937 to 1996. Oh my goodness. So, so some crazy people decided to scan tens of thousands of individual pages for these Christmas gift catalogs. 
So right now, I think they have like 25,000 pages of different catalogs scanned over the time. That's crazy. Totally but crazy. Fantastic. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I was curious, um, looking back on my formative years, if I remember these catalogs, like if I saw them, if I would remember them, and specifically the 1972 Sears gift catalog, which was 600 pages long. Good grief. Right. I remember them. They came in. They were big. Yeah. They. This was an event. Yeah. Like my brothers and I, it was a race to get to it first because we wanted to look at it. So when the gift catalogs would arrive, us kids would just pour over them, looking for ideas to add to our lists. Then we would write them down on a piece of paper. Now, since I was five, my mom wrote them down for me, or I could circle them and dog ear the pages of the gift catalog for my mom or dad to dutifully review for me. (laughs) That was nice of you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When I went to this website and opened up the 1972 Sears gift catalog, I was actually surprised that I actually recognized it. I didn't just recognize the toys, I recognized the catalog itself. Really? Yes. Why, you might ask. Why? Did you print the whole thing out for us? (laughs) That would have been awesome, though. So Sears in 1972 decided to make the gift catalog a little more fun for this particular year by adding Winnie the Pooh and Friends to the beginning of the catalog. Let me read you the front page of the Pooh Bear section in the beginning of the catalog. It says, the Winnie the Pooh idea, in quotes, is really several great ideas. Wonderful memories of childhood, enchanting characters, and, at Sears, a name for an exclusive collection of children's apparel that has become justifiably famous for its durability, color coordination, and easy care. Color coordination? Are they granimals? (laughs) No. Oh. No. Now, Sears has asked, in quotes, Pooh to help us even another way. He and his friends are so delightful, we thought they could add a little fun and enjoyment to this wish book for 1972. Their charm is as heartwarming as the season itself, so we think they're perfect for the role. On portions of the next 12 pages is some interesting folklore, whimsically illustrated by Walt Disney Productions, about how our, in quotes, Santa Claus looks to children of other lands. He looks different, to be sure. He's known by different names, and he delivers his presents in different ways. But these things really don't matter. For wherever Christmas is celebrated, he represents one of the great and timeless traditions of this holiday. Learn about the Baron of Gifts, like B-E-A-R, with Winnie the Pooh and his friends. So the next several pages, then have on one side a description of different lands and what Santa Claus was like in those lands. And then on the other side of the page, it has some like top things that they're trying to sell. So uh, Winnie the Pooh and Friends, and each page, they're kind of dressed like the Santa Claus would look. Like on one page might be Pooh dressed up as Santa Claus, but kind of in the kind uh, of the Saint Nicholas, the look of that country, and then his little friends like Piglet or Eeyore, whoever, are helping them. So it goes on to describe Christmases in Holland, Spain, Italy, Sweden, Germany, and Mexico. Hmm. So this was my first exposure to Christmases in other countries and how different countries celebrate. And a lot of these same themes are now in Disney World and Epcot. In the World Showcase at Christmas time, they talk about a lot of the same characters 
in different parts of those countries. Now, obviously, they don't have Sweden there, and they don't have Holland, but they have other countries where those things are included. So I thought that was pretty interesting, that catalog I remembered, and now I can see why I remembered it. It was because of the Pooh Bear connection. Um, yeah, that's right, because you love Pooh Bear. That's right. right. Right, so that was very fun. So I looked through the catalog, and I recognized so many things that either I got or brothers and sister had gotten. Um, I mean, my parents really got us a lot of different things. So then I thought, well, what were the top few, uh, maybe the top 10-ish toys um, in 1972? Now, these are toys that were popular in 72, not were in, like released in 72. So they were the ones that were tend to be popular. I've heard commentaries about, well, when was the first must-have toy? And some people point to the Cabbage Patch craze, mm. um, but some people point back to 77, the Star Wars toys, mm-hmm. um, because they were highly desired, but very few of them were available. In fact, you could buy boxes of Star Wars toys that were empty with nothing in them, because it was a promise that when they manufactured more, they would ship it to you. Oh, that's interesting. Right. So, 1972, what were the popular toys back then? And I'll see if you remember any of these, Beth, as well. So the Fisher-Price Play Farm. So this was the one that was plastic and wood, the original Play Farm. It had the little red uh, doors that when you open them, they mood. <gasps> I love that one. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I absolutely love the Fisher-Price Farm. And, and we kept that one for years, my original one. I think we still might have it in the basement, but we actually got updated version of this for our kids when they were growing up. Oh my god, I I always loved that. The next one is the beauty parlor hairstyling and makeup set, where you basically have a head, a woman's head with hair, and you can you can fix her hair and you can um, adjust her makeup. It's, a, it's about the size of an actual human head. That one like doesn't that one doesn't age well. Well, it looks. What like, happened was when I was younger, yeah. Barbie took that on. I remember yes. having a big Barbie That's head right. with hair. That's exactly. It. Yep. Another one that I always wanted, never got, was Toss Across the Game, where you throw a beanbag into this little plastic thing that has, it's basically tic-tac-toe flipping of zeros and X's, and you're trying to get three to row. why your parents didn't want to give five boys a beanbag throwing game. I have no idea. <laughs> ridiculous. I agree, Sydney. <laughs> Easy Bake Oven. Was another one. Oh, I love yeah. that. I had that when yes. I was growing up. Now, this one was much more 70s. A little it's bit awesome. of wallpaper, a little bit yeah. of the mustard yellow color. That's <laughs> awesome. great. Ouija boards. Okay, those weren't allowed to have in my house. Those are <laughs> nope. bad. Yes. Or our house. Like, you guys never let us have them. Talk right. Chrissy doll. Guess what's new? I can talk to you, but wait till you hear what I tell you to do. That sounds kind of creepy after the Ouija board. board. And it's funny because just from my... I can kind of see half of his screen. Um, And she has pupils and stuff, but just from my angle, it looked like it was just solid black eyes on that doll. (laughs) Uh, Skateboards were very popular in 72. And that was because of the invention of something called Cadillac wheels, which were longer lasting, had better traction, better um, uh, ball bearing, wheel turning capabilities. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, Big wheels. Always loved big wheels. The three wheels always show the kid going really fast and then like skidding to a halt and it kind of turned like he did a little backward skid. It was awesome. Yeah. We had those. The Sunset Malibu Barbie and Friends. So this is Malibu Barbie on the beach with Ken. And they have like scuba gear and they have like a little tent, a little fire pit. He has a Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian shirt. That's right. 
Uh, another thing that actually did come out in 1972 for the first time was the Uno card game. Yeah, we grew up with that. We loved that growing up. Yes. We played that a lot. Yes. And thus, what, 1972, you said? Mm-hmm. Yes, thus started the many debates on the true rules of Uno. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What do you mean, Sydney? And we have the Uno one that um, is Uno, electronic. Yeah, Uno Attack. Uno yes. Attack, yeah. But we played, we've been playing Uno since we were little kids. Yeah. We've always had it. Yep. By the company's rules. Yeah, <laughs> so we did it correctly. I was just looking at the Pooh Bear. Um, what are these called? CNCs. CNCs. I love those. Yes. They have yep. a Winnie the Pooh CNC. I had a farm animal CNC. Um, I think that's what I had too. I think a lot of kids had those. Classic. Yeah. You see them pop up a lot. Also, 1972 popular was the Mickey Mouse Gumball Machine. <gasps> I love that! I always wanted it. I never got it. Penny for a Gumball, Mickey. Yes, Penny for a Gumball, Mickey. Wait, I just saw, recently I saw um, a huge gumball at um, Cracker Barrel. And I think it was with Trish. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, Penny for a Gumball, Mickey. And she just stared at me. <laughs> I was like, don't you remember? Penny for a Gumball, Mickey. I loved that. I think I actually got that one. That's so funny. I know. I loved it. So some other toys that, as I look through the catalog, that I know um, that we got as kids that were popular back then were Lincoln Logs, Tinker Toys, Legos, but not the Lego sets where you make some, like a scene or something out of it, just like just generic blocks. Punching Bags. So these were the blow-up bags. They were probably about four feet tall, and there was they were characters. Like I think we had a clown one, <laughs> and basically you could just pummel the thing and attack the thing. Yes, so, they uh, use that in um, psychology um, experiments with anger issues in children. You know, apparently, my, my parents <laughs> did that too. <laughs> Rock'em sock'em robots. Yep, I remember those. Cootie game. Silly Putty, Silly Putty and Matchbox and Hot Wheels were primo in 72. They were like the, the best quality. In fact, by the late 70s, car manufacturers were um, like competing with each other to try to get their car in, their new car for the year in as a Hot Wheels for that year. So it was very fun to look at those lists um, and to think back on all these things like rock polishing kits, wood burning kits, all these things that somebody in our family had, paint by numbers, yep. um, the color forms, we just had like some, tons of things. We had some kind of bug making contraption that you plugged it in. Like it was like oh, it yeah. melted with, stuff With down. the melting, yes, 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 I remember those I mean, those it was too. like rubbery We afterward. loved those, yes. Yeah, that yeah. was amazing. You know, I actually had something like that growing up too. Yeah, yeah we you got, guys had gotten me. Several of the nostalgic things that we had growing up that we thought were good toys, we got from you kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the Legos, the Tinker Toys, the yeah. Lincoln Logs, a lot of the stuff that we have gotten our children, updated versions of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but those were all things that we wanted, and, you know, there's definitely uh, gifts that you can give to your friends and family over the years that are maybe a little less wanted. <laughs> I, don't know. I know we all have kind of some experience either giving or getting some kind of gad gift or, yep, or silly true. gift or, you know, something like that. And it's interesting... Uh, because I guess gag gifting has been around for a while. There's some reference to it in the Roman festival of Saturnalia. That is hilarious. Yep, gag gifting. I don't know the specifics of what gifts they would give. Like, maybe it's a coin, but instead of Caesar on it, it's got, like, Aristotle or something. You're like, <laughs> oh, you're like, oh classic. Oh, Romulus. <laughs> <laughs> <You> clown. <laughs> 
But I think the most common, or at least for us, the most common form of gag gifting is probably the white elephant, which we've talked about before. I believe you uh, talked about the the history of white elephant gift giving. Yes, last um, year. Yeah. And the different ways that you can play it. Yes, yeah, there and, are and many the, versions of it. But they all involve gag gifts of some sort. They do, they do. And there are some good gifts and some... Right, that's the some kind not of funny so good part. Gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and some people know it as Dirty Santa or Yankee Swap. Um, but I think for us, we always called it White Elephant. Do you remember why it's called White Elephant? Right, the King of Siam would give a White Elephant to somebody that he did not, he was not happy with because they had to keep the White Elephant and take care of the white elephant because it was a gift from the yeah. king of Siam. So it was rare and really hard to take care of. Right, and um, it was a, a sink on their money and their time and energy. Right. It was yeah. a burden financially. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is uh, the spirit of this fun gift that we do, <laughs> <laughs> we do every year. Um, I guess the burden is that if it's a really good, bad gift, then you want to keep it and you have to store it somewhere for the next year. Right. There's not necessarily the pressure of... Right. We're not giving them like a box of kittens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's not necessarily the pressure of needing to keep it. Like, you can just throw it away. But if it... I guess if it is more expensive, but also really not good... Right. There's kind of a little bit of pressure to hold on to it. So I wanted to run through some of the uh, gag gifts that nowadays... Uh, might be popular or you know you might want to kind of take a look at for your next white elephant exchange so one is from this particular list and you can find all kinds of gag gift lists ranging from like top 10 to like top 120 (laughs) that's a lot Uh, but this one's from country living so we have the the rolling clock the one that uh when it's yeah 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 yeah, you know what i'm talking about yeah when the alarm goes off it it starts rolling it starts to roll so you have to get up and chase it in the dark (laughs) while it's like ringing loudly yeah now the i i believe it was the andersons who had one that flew away it did. And like it, and it. It was, was hers. Yeah, she had to go. She had to go get it yeah. and turn it to turn it off. Yeah, that's um, hilarious. While the swearing involved in some houses, <laughs> I'm imagining. Yeah. But not her house. <laughs> not her house. No, but uh, another one which I thought was funny was um, '80s mistaken lyric coasters. So it has a line. Oh my goodness, that's of, so funny. Uh, of lyrics on it. That are just slightly wrong for songs. <laughs> oh, like what? That everyone probably sings them correctly, right? Like, um, one says, rock the cat spa. <laughs> rock the cat spa. <laughs> uh, there's one that's, I left some brains down in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear that song in my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. And uh, she's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Cheez-Its in America. <laughs> <laughs> So, stuff like that. I thought those ones were funny. Yeah, that's cute. Um, I guess the a little bit of the unfortunate thing about those is that the coasters themselves are just kind of... They're the cork, cork board. Yeah. They're just kind of cork board. They're square cork Square boards. cork board. Yeah. So, if they were a little more fun, I might actually want to Purchase get those yeah. as not a gag gift. Well, maybe a gag gift for myself. <laughs> um, but that was fun. Um, one that I saw at several places was a giant burrito blanket. Oh, I actually was looking that up. <laughs> I was. <laughs> for a friend. Oh, funny. For at a work. Friend. Yeah. yeah, she does tacos. For a friend. Right. For a friend. <laughs> but there are different but kinds. It's a giant, uh, it looks like a just a giant flour tortilla. Yeah, yeah. that would Which be hilarious to roll all up in it and have someone take a picture of you. Yeah, yeah like so would. you could be like a, a little burrito. <laughs> Those and are there's, so uh, funny. There's mermaid life vests. 
for dogs. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. hilarious. Do they have tails? Yeah. yeah. They do. That's they so do. Funny. They have little tails that drape over the, the dog's back. <laughs> Poor dogs. I know. <laughs> they get dressed in so many ways. They do, but... They're dogs. They don't They care. enjoy it. Sydney, you might enjoy this one. Adult award ribbons. Yeah. <laughs> so ribbons that say things like socializing non-participant award. <laughs> Best at saying what we're all thinking. That's cute. And adulting honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. It's just an That's honorable mention. <laughs> Not doing too well there. So then on a different list at uh, on best reviews, there's a wacky waving inflatable tube guy. So like oh, the yeah. little, oh, the so little tube guys that are outside of uh, like car washes. Yep. Like the big and, ones. Yeah. Like yep. the big ones, but it's little. That's so, so you can just cute. just put it on your desk and oh, have funny. him waving around. Huh. I um, actually kind of like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It seems really happy. Then there's a... Uh, a hot dog pop-up toaster. Oh, you like slide the hot you dog? You slide the hot dog yeah. into a hole? And the bun into oh, the hole. Oh, with the bun. Yeah. Yep. Is that a real product? It is. Yes. You can buy it. Kinds. You can buy it on Amazon. Yeah. That's so funny. That's a, it's a good idea. And then uh, this one's a winner. It's an average idea. <laughs> People of Walmart adult coloring book. Oh, good lord. Oh, <laughs> wow. No. I'm a little scared of that. I'm That's just scared. a no. I would be scared of that. <laughs> so that is... Uh, some fun ideas. Um, what are some gag gifts that you guys can remember either giving or getting some, some remember, winners or not so much winners? I remember um, at a White Elephant gift exchange, somebody got a coffee can filled with dirt and inside the dirt were some fake worms. Weren't they gummy worms? No. In this case, it was just fake worms. Oh. So that was pretty pretty oh, bad. Crappy, yeah. 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 Another one I remember was an, an egg carton full of golf balls, but the golf balls were the ones that were sliced. So uh, when someone hits a golf ball incorrectly, it'll sometimes put a cut in the golf ball that kind of looks like a smile. It was not even 12. It was like eight or some random number. And they were dirty. They were dirty and they had all <laughs> had the slices in them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of crappy too. Yeah. But clever. Mm-hmm. They were, were funny. Yeah, it, it, they were funny. Get, I laughed. I thought they were hilarious. Yeah, I think the nice thing about White Elephant Gift Exchanges is that if you have some di- diversity of content, so it's not all really bad or all really good, it right. helps with the mix of um, competition <laughs> Right. interest because in gifts. People want the good gifts, and somebody right. gets stuck with, you know, eight yeah. used yes. but not usable yeah. <laughs> balls. That's exactly right, yeah. Can you think of any, like, maybe not... Crappy, but just kind of funny ones. Like, intentionally kind of... Well, I guess those were intentionally funny, too, but... We have a white elephant gift every year during our annual Christmas party. And there was a gift that came back, like, three or four years in a row until somebody actually loved it was and it, kept it. Was it the singing wreath? No, it wasn't. It was the <laughs> I Love Lucy stuff. Yeah. It was, a, it was a license plate and a hat. A tie. A tie. So there were all there was this little group of I love Lucy stuff, and it was so cute. But no, I mean, what are you going to do with it, right? Yeah. Well, somebody eventually loved it and kept it. Right. But it came back like four years. Yeah, in I a row. think of other ones have have come back multiple times. We had a garden clock that came back yes. many times until somebody that came that year, the last year, actually liked it. Yeah. And kept it. See, um, there's a match for everybody. And then we, more recently, we've had the singing wreath. Yeah. Yeah. That is hidden somewhere. And I always forget who was the last person to get it. I know. Right. So that's you know it's going to come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless I, somebody really loves it. Right. And I will say. Oh, and I should say, just to be clarified, what the singing wreath is. So it's a wreath that you plug in. 
and it's motion sensor. So when you walk by it, it wakes up. It has eyeballs and a mouth. And it has big eyeballs and a mouth. And it basically starts singing or talking to the person that just walked by it. It's, it's um, a magical. A little freaky. A little freaky, yeah. Yeah, it's delightful. <laughs> I do know that, that there were we have given... And I love this. You can buy gag boxes. Yeah. Now. So you can buy something that looks like it's going to be an iPad and put like a shirt in it. <laughs> That's as a mean one. As fun as that sounds. That's yeah. a mean one. But there are other ones like puzzle boxes. You can put things in. Just all kinds of different ones that are just fun. Some of them are really funny. But yeah. I like the gag boxes. I think they're cute. I think this is Sydney speaking. The One of the gag gifts that I have given is a little statue. And it's an award. And it says, congrats on adulting. On a, on a little plaque at the bottom. Except the plaque was upside down. It was like, it was unintentionally. Unintentionally up <laughs> on it, upside down. Whoever did it was like a correct. manufacturing exactly. mistake, which is funny. Yes. So I actually got a discount from Target um, when I purchased <laughs> it. And um, it was just, it, it, it was just hilarious. One of the things that makes me laugh really hard, and I fall for it all the time. I love pretty wrapping. I love bows and ribbon. I think this isn't like, this isn't a secret. <laughs> But the ones that are so pretty that people bring and they have the pretty bows and wrapping up, I always want to buy, I always want to open them up and they're the worst. <laughs> yeah. They're the yeah. ones that hide the worst gifts. So if you're in one of these, don't succumb to the pretty wrapping paper. It's funny. I can never really tell if these are supposed to be gag gifts or if people just don't understand how good gifting works. <laughs> but the worst ones for me is always like, the box that has a bunch of small gifts in it, like a bunch of like loose candy and loose stuff, candy. <laughs> like the bottom of someone's purse. Yeah, well, like it's like I remember one year I went to a friend's uh, place and they did the white elephant, and they had like these circular. Two people had, had brought these two brothers, and it was these circular tins, and you would open them up, and it had some like candy and like. A hot cocoa mix in it and right. it was just like a bunch of crappy little things that I guess maybe they thought were better if they put them all together. <laughs> maybe. Or it could have just been a gag gift. Either way people didn't want it. So speaking of gifts, where do we put gifts at Christmas? I put them under the tree on a tree skirt. <gasps> you do? What? I hide them under the tree skirt. Maybe I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> we have a cat that likes to hide under tree skirts. That's we right. do. And play we, with tree skirts. I think we've always had cats at one point yep. that is like to hide under yeah, the tree skirts. Or cats. a yeah. lot of them like to lay on the tree skirts too. Yeah. Which leads That's us into right. Sydney's topic of cats hiding under tree skirts. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. Uh, yep. No. My topic is Christmas tree skirts and their history. Oh, well, that's a letdown. Well, they've been around for a very long time. And history books or historians suggest that the tree skirt came along maybe around the 1870s in Germany. I do suggest that. You do? As a historian, (laughs) I suggest that. Germans are very practical people. So their purpose was a very practical purpose. So apparently, back then, they actually decorated trees with lit candles. Yes, I guess they weren't concerned at all about fire hazards. So what you were saying is it was lit. It was lit, Bang. exactly, uh, to varying degrees. So yeah, I was, I've seen like little pictures of them how they did that. Like that's a lot of candles to light. So I wonder yeah. how many do they just put a couple on there? Like, pictures it, showed a lot of candles right. on some of them. I think it also depends on what day. They probably don't do that every single night. 
So they created the tree skirt to catch the wax that would fall from the candles. Oh. To also prevent fire. And it, they also noticed that it would catch the annoying pine needles that would fall. Yeah. So it also was a better cleanup that way as well. So it should protect their flooring. Yes, exactly. So around 1879, the Christmas tree stand came into being. And there was another use for the Christmas tree skirt, which was to hide the ugly Christmas tree stand. That's interesting. <laughs> I actually wouldn't have guessed that the Christmas tree stand came, came that no came that early. Oh. Because that's I feel like that's very early for the Christmas tree. I wonder how they got stand. the tree, Christmas trees to stand up. I don't know, but this was a official have, Christmas tree stand. This it might have been. You know how they sometimes put just put two pieces across? of wood. Yeah. Yes. So, oh yeah, that's true. The yes. Official Christmas tree stand. In yes. Eighteen seventy nine. Yes, around eighteen seventy nine. At that time, not only were they hiding the Christmas tree stand, but they started um, adding lace and embroidering the Christmas tree skirts. And later, they realized that, oh, this can be um, just as much of our, a part of our decorating as everything else we put in our house to decorate for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of um, the short version of how Christmas tree skirts came into being. Very practical um, use for them. So it's so interesting that it also came from Germany because we get so many of our Christmas traditions from Germany. We do. We do. But this one was much later in time than a lot of the other ones, 1870s. And it evolved as well. The purpose now, really, even today, which is kind of funny to think about, is to hide the Christmas tree stand and to be part of the decoration. Right. Right. It's one of the... Key items that decorate your home. It's exactly. kind of for a Christmas. fun way to express another fun way to express yourself in because there's all kinds of different yeah, yeah. Christmas tree skirts. Yeah, yeah, they really have proliferated. If you look good at like Target oh, nice. or Walmart, yeah. there's like whole rows now of Christmas tree skirts. And not only really like fabric, but also of wicker. Yeah. Yeah, now and things like have, that. Yeah. So, what is a favorite Christmas tree skirt of yours and why? The one for me, me, Beth. The one for me is the one that we have under our large Christmas tree in the family room. Mm -hmm. Brandy and I, at a craft show at some point in Houston, when we were first married, got this huge Christmas tree skirt. I don't even know why we got it, because it was huge. But it has it's just a beautiful design on it, and it has a couple layers of lace. And I've never seen anything like it. And we've looked since then, because it's, you know, it's... How old is that? 30 years. Yeah. It's like really older. And so at different times we've thought, oh, we could place it, but we've never found anything that we'd like that was even close to what we have. No. And it, especially because it's so wide, it's a wider one. And because we have such large trees, you know, like 12 foot trees in our family room, they tend to have wide bases. Meaning that each year we have one 12 foot tree. Yes. Not we tend to have 12 foot trees in our, <laughs> yeah, our family room. We just fill Randy them up. only yeah. gets one. That's right. Sadly. Per year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it does a good job of actually coming out a little bit from the base of the tree. Right. Uh, last year I actually had to put our Christmas tree on blocks because they were, there was a shortage of tall Fraser firs. So I think we got like a 10 foot, which was shorter than normal. So, so to kind of make it fit tall enough to fit what we like. I actually put it on uh, like eight inch cinder blocks, yeah. And then these tree skirt was still big enough to kind of flow over those mm-hmm. and come out still. So it's a beautiful tree skirt. For me personally, I like the tree skirt that Beth surprised us with. She got a tree skirt for our Disney tree, which is in our four year area. And it has um, the Moon Family, it has Moon Family embroidered on it. 
and it's got Disney kind of like hidden Mickey's in a beautiful red and teal and orange with um, some fake, tones. fake jewels in inlaid in it. So it's really a pretty tree. It's it was fun to get. I actually really like the one uh, that we have upstairs. So that's our second tallest tree upstairs. And that's the one that we always used to put our, and I, I guess we do still put all of our homemade ornaments on. Mm-hmm. And that skirt's kind of a dark red. It's got tassels on it, but it's kind of a, not so much, not so flashy, kind of a homely. And I'm using the version of homely that is meaning simple, but cozy. Right. Kind of in your home, not like unattractive. Yeah. It's the British version. That's right. <laughs> and I think my favorite tree skirt is like Mom's, where it's under our big main tree. And it's just beautiful. It creates a lot of nostalgia. Mom said one time when I was very, very little, and I was being babysat, and I didn't want to come out from underneath the tree, so I slept under there, and babysitter just, like, put a blanket over me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, we came home one day, and you were, must, must have been, like, two. Two or three, yeah. And you were underneath the Christmas tree with a little blanket on top, and the babysitter didn't have the heart to move you. Yeah, which we is have, just hilarious. And we have also like many pictures of our cats underneath the tree, that Christmas tree yes. skirt, and it's beautiful too. So that that's always mine, been my favorite. Yes, there's been many a cat that's enjoyed sleeping on that tree skirt or under this tree skirt or playing with the tree skirt. Right. Yeah, I was going to mention Cole's mention of the tree skirt upstairs that had the tassels. I think there are very few tassels actually left because of <laughs> yeah, certain cats liking to play, play with onyx. them. Yeah. It's because of onyx. Yeah, she likes to play with them, so they kind of peel apart. And yeah. I have to scoop them all up before Autumn eats them. Yeah. I, I would like to note that my cat, Onyx, just plays with them and then goes <laughs> to sleep behind the tree. Well, yeah. she plays with them and teases them apart into... Right, but she's not like your cat, Autumn, which consumes (laughs) any ribbon or string-shaped loose item. That's right. So that was a fun set of Christmassy topics. We look forward to taking out that skirt uh, in not too long. That's right. right. It's almost ready for under the tree up there. I'm still working on that tree. So the future festivities are for the week of December 9th this week. December 9th is Christmas card day. Don't forget to send out your Christmas cards for those of you that still do that. December 10th is National Logger Day, a beer-oriented day. December 11th is National App Day, and that's like an app on your phone, not appetizers. December 12th is Gingerbread House Day, a good day to make gingerbread houses. December 13th is Ice Cream Day. Yum. Beth has been eating peppermint ice cream lately. I have been loving peppermint ice cream. December 14th is Monkey Day. Oh. And December 15th is Cat Herders Day. A day for cat herders. You can always follow us on social media. For Twitter, it's at holiday underscore moons. For Instagram, it's at holiday moons. And you can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and a group by searching holiday moons in the search bar. And you can contact us at any time at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Beth, Randy, Cole, and Sydney, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas!